more of the good stuff. Good morning. It's Monday morning after an awesome weekend. So it's time to talking tech with the techie guy. My name is Leron Segev, also known as uh, the techie guy. So if you want to check out the blog, it's thetechieguy.com for all these cool stories. And today we've got an amazing show. But first I've got to introduce my new co-host. This is Daryl Lennington, online editor at IT News Africa. How's it, Daryl? How's it going? All right, you ready to do this? Ready to rock this. Okay, let's do this. Okay, we've got awesome stories today. We're going to talk about WhatsApp. We're talking about factory defaults on your phone that doesn't actually delete your information. So a heads up about that. Um, and then our main guest is Vuyo. We're talking about um, payment options from Standard Bank. Um, we're talking about the Snap uh, Scan application and what it can do for you. But that's all coming up just now. So let's kick off with something that's a bit worrying for me is... You know, you have a phone, you've got lots of phones, then your bottom drawer, you decide to sell it on Gumtree or one of those sites or give it away to mates, and you go into factory defaults, you reset your phone, thinking everything is deleted, and then you land up, um, you know, selling your phone. Yeah. What we've discovered, much to our dismay, is that when you reset your phone to factory default, it actually doesn't delete everything off the phone. So... That's a bit hardcore when you think about all those phones floating around on eBay um, and all of those very various sites. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems to be it seems to be an issue because information's out there, and the only thing that factory reset to factory default does is effectively just remove the index. So you can't access the file normally, but with a bit, with a fifty dollar piece of software. All the information is available at your fingertips. So that is a bit of a worrying a worrying issue, don't you think? No, definitely, definitely. Um, through my experience, um, I've had a lot of um, mobile phones in the past, but previously what happened was I actually smashed one of my devices, <laughs> watched it roll down the, set the stairs, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, and what happened from there was I actually got a replacement device, got it very cheaply, all of that. Asked the person, is your phone wiped? No, no, device manufacturer, you know, everything's wiped, restored to factory settings. Sure. What do I do? Yeah. Switch on the phone when I get home, and I get welcomed by all these amazing family photos, wow. music. All just there? Yeah. Did you have to use any software to recover that, or were they just there? Uh, they were just there on the SD card. Okay, so I think something that, that, that I've picked up kind of looking more into this is that there seems to be two, um, two resets. So some phones will do a reset to factory default and will automatically even wipe the SD card. Mm. But these other phones, you've actually got to put a tick in that box that says wipe out my personal information as well. No, definitely. So just a heads up there, if you've got phones, um, you know, what, um, just resetting them doesn't really um, get rid of everything. And in fact, one of the security companies in the in the US, um, what they did is that they used a piece of software and they recovered from 20 phones that they just managed to buy off eBay. They recovered something like 40,000 photos. Yes, including those 16, 16 photos of <laughs> penises and everything else that's in there. 750 emails, 250 contacts with names and addresses. And these, remember, these are all phones that we think are actually deleted and gone. So... That is a little bit of a uh, of, of a worrying worrying issue. I think the the problem behind that is, as a consumer, you you tend to think that once you hit restore factory exactly. settings, everything's gone. It's done. You sure. can hand the device over. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, the the, the one thing. So, w what what should you do? Um, every phone has an encryption option um, built into that into that phone. 
Um, and basically, you've got to find it. It's usually under settings. And you've got to find something called encryption. Before you delete your phone, or before you give it away, press spend a bit of time, enable the encryption. What it does, it actually scrambles the hard drive so nobody can actually unscramble it for you. Once you've done that, then reset to factory default. It's not a guaranteed way, but it's a much better than just having the experience that you've had or just being able to find other people's information on the phone without putting a pin or anything like that. So check it out. Under your um, settings, there's something called encryption. Um, I believe the new iOS 8 already comes pre-encrypted. Do you know about that? Uh, yeah, apparently it does. Okay, so if you're on iOS 8, you should be fine. If you're on Android, BlackBerry, Windows Phone, any of those devices, just look for that encryption as an option. And, um, yeah, just make sure that your privacy, you know, private information is, is definitely protected that's out there. Keep your data safe. Yeah, that, 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 that kind of, that kind of idea. Um, just a quick one, a quick interruption. And if you want to get a hold of us, try, um, calling us on 0861 555189 or on Twitter at cliffcentral.com, um, Instagram cliffcentral, Facebook cliffcentral and WeChat IDs, obviously cliffcentral as well. So if you've got any questions, comments about the show, something of that nature, please feel free to do that. Um, and in fact, Zoe has actually just sent a tweet out. To say, are you you guys just worried about your naked selfie still floating around? <laughs> um, so I think we've had this conversation. <laughs> okay, I'll pass on that conversation. Right. It's encrypted, damn it! You can't get access to it. Sorry, Zay. <laughs> um, all right, so that's uh, cool. So that's how you get a hold of us, and we can actually have a cool chat. Um, speaking of kind of phones and apps and all of that good stuff, did you see the new um, WhatsApp is available on the PC now? Yeah, um, the developers from WhatsApp have actually made a really, really cool move now. Yeah. Um, what happens is WhatsApp's now available on your browser. So what you can do is you can essentially hook your device up to your Chrome browser by scanning a QR code uh, that essentially connects you to WhatsApp, and you can jam and speak to people on your PC, on your browser. The only problem with it, though, is it's only restricted to Android and Windows phones. So you've got iOS consumers sitting in the corner like the red-headed stepchild, basically, (laughs) and going, why not us? Okay, yeah. so, so I mean, but you still need your phone. In other words, you can't not have a phone anymore. Yeah. Is your phone being used as the gateway to, to, to your WhatsApp messaging? Is that the idea? Yeah, basically your, your phone has to be connected to a Wi-Fi connection or a 4G, 3G connection right. for the application to actually work in your browser. Okay, that's quite funny that um, it's happening now because um, a company called, uh, I don't know, BlackBerry <laughs> had this on the BlackBerry Passport. Uh, uh, sorry, BlackBerry uh, Playbook. Sorry, that was the, ta- the original tablet a uh, couple of years ago where you could actually have a application that allows you to take over your device. And now they've got something called soft, um, BlackBerry Blend that does exactly the same thing. So it's nice to see that BlackBerry is still ahead of its time, um, even though everybody has written them off. Um, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's a quite a cool thing. I mean, I know I use it quite a bit where I just want access to my keyboard and I don't want to sit and type on my phone and then leave it, go back to my PC, get another message, go back to my phone. So this just saves you the up and down of having kind of interaction with two devices. But to be clear, you still need to have your phone. Yeah. Um, and that's still got to be connected to the internet some, some way. Yeah, no, definitely. It has to be connected to your mobile carrier signal or a Wi-Fi device. So do you think they started with Android because it's kind of the majority of the market or? I, th- I think Android's, Android's boomed quite a bit. Okay. Like obviously taking over where Apple's left off basically. 
So is is this? I mean, will I mean? I'm assuming we're going to see iOS eight uh, iOS devices being able to do this at a point in time, right? It all depends on like as you can see, WhatsApp for web is Google orientated sure. now, so you have to use a Google Chrome browser to access the service. So whether they're going to let Apple bite into their budget, right? Sure, it's a different story. But it's interesting how this whole thing's very incestuous because WhatsApp, Facebook. They're still fighting with Google on the one hand, but on the other hand, making services available via Chrome. Mm, no, exactly. Just use WeChat. So everybody's sleeping with everybody else once again in the RT world. Yeah? One, <laughs> one, one, yeah. one of those situations. Um, but I think it's quite a funky move because I think a lot of people are saying this might start rivaling Skype. Um, you know, where Skype is, um, you know, an ability to make your phone calls and make your, and do your chats and it's available via the PC and via the mobile phone. I think the next step is going to be for WhatsApp to be able to have voice calls available through WhatsApp. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, now, the thing behind myself and Neuron was we, we spent a lot of time in China together, yeah. like in the past. And what we noticed was um, a lot of the WhatsApp um, messages that people were sending to each other were actual voice notes. Yeah. Like people weren't typing or, or doing anything that was sending over voice notes. And to actually have a browser where you can take photos with your laptop's camera or sure. record voice notes with your microphone, it's it's a nice step forward. Okay. No, but I think it's nice that especially, okay, you're not supposed to do this, but those who text and drive, because that's bad. Yeah, no, definitely. Instead of doing that, you should be recording a quick voice notes and sending that out rather than spending time as off the road and just ty- and typing away. So it's amazing how that even that little feature of being able to have voice notes has just made kind of the world of a difference yeah no definitely so, like, so, uh, it's funny, and also it just sorry it just seems that people don't actually using that because they don't understand that it's possible so there's a little microphone icon right next to where you type your message but if you just hold that down it says start recording and as soon as you start recording you t- talk away let go and it's automatically just sent to the person you're trying to send to so a nice little tip to start using that yeah, I wonder how the networks are going to feel about all this uh, <laughs> eating into their minutes, <laughs> dying yeah. out there. No, definitely. I'll agree with you there. Like, even over the weekend, um, I chatted to my, my brother who stays over in New Zealand. And what we we're doing was we were just sending voice notes to each other. And it, it's so much cheaper than a voice call. Completely. Absolutely. All right. Well, look, technology is making our life even easier. Um, and I'll tell you what's making it even easier is the ability to stop carrying your wallet around. Stop carrying credit cards, stop carrying cash with you, and just use your mobile phone, which is in your pocket anyway, to make those payments. So we'll be discussing all this and more just after this. So bring back the beat, and then everyone sings about the money.
Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Hitcentral.com. So we are back, and that was all about the money. That was Jesse J. Um, I'm sure the song's got a different name, but okay, close enough. Uh, it's called Price Tag. That's it. I knew it was somewhere like that. Um, so are we ready to chat about a cashless society? Are we actually able to ever get to that point where we just don't have to carry a wallet with us anymore? So joining us in studio is Vuyong Peko from um, Head Innovation and Channel Design at Standard Bank. And my screen obviously just went blank just as I said that. Um, Vuyong, hi, nice to have you here. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Vuyong. All right, so we're ready to do this. So, um, cashless society, we've always been told that at a point in time, it's just going to happen. Are we heading in that direction? Where? Yeah, I guess uh, all indications are saying exactly that. I think the biggest thing that is absolutely fueling it right now is the growth in uh, smartphones and mobile phones. Okay. Uh, over a few weeks ago, we had the opportunity of spending some time with some of the Nordic countries and seeing how the evolution of uh, cash and payments in those countries has kind of gone through. A lot of it was really driven by technology, exactly the same that same thing that we think we will see in the African continent. So, we, so it's coming. I mean, Absolutely, not a question about that. It is what it is. Get used to it. Rands and cents in coins and notes will be a thing of the past at a point. Absolutely, and I guess what the, what, one of the most important things as well is consumer adoption. Okay, right. It is no longer a conversation that consumers are being pushed to go this way. Consumers yeah. are actually pulling this this way of payments. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I see it as well. There, there's a big boom in e-commerce and mobile money and that sort of thing. And it's growing across countries like Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, and other places. Yeah, so it's happening. I mean, it, it, at, at the end of the day, okay, so I mean, those who haven't downloaded the app yet. So I mean, I think we just want to focus about, you've got three products on the go. So it's the tap and go there is the master pass and then there's the snap scan right absolutely right okay so let's talk snap scan for a second i mean what is it start at the basics what we've tried to do with snap scan is uh, something very interesting okay so in the traditional way of doing payments today is you actually walking around as a consumer you're carrying around your card you're also carrying around your mobile phone Sure. In more instances than not, you're actually finding, especially when you go to neighborhoods market and the works, you actually find merchants there who can, in today's world, only accept payments in cash. Right. Yeah. So I said, how do we change that? How do we take this very, very intelligent device, which is called a phone that is in your pocket, mm-hmm. and actually make it more intelligent than what traditionally you would have used to, to, to accept the payment, which was a point of sale? And that's what we've actually done is to actually change the model around and say actually the consumer who's working around with this mobile phone is able to load in today's world all his cards. In the next few weeks, few months, it will be any store value, your loyalty coupons, whatever it is. But you actually want to be able to use whatever payment mechanism you have using your phone to pay someone who doesn't need to have a complicated device like a point of sale or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I mean your phone is basically doing all the hard work, right? Absolutely, and that's really changing the model around where previously you would have the merchant with a point of sale, as an example, doing all the hard work. Okay, and I mean, I mean the process is basically, um, I mean, I've used this many times. Um, unfortunately, I do tend to leave my wallet at home many times, <laughs> especially in the morning rush when dropping kids and whatever. Um, so you still want your cup of coffee. Um, it's like one of the morning rituals. So it's been awesome that you can go to one of the merchants and the application will tell you who's your closest available merchant that accepts the SnapScan payment. Um, you scan a QR code at the till. 
put in the value and end the story. You're drinking your cup of coffee five minutes later. Exactly. And and I think the most important thing that we've tried to do in it is to not change significantly the process of how I actually make the purchase. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we all want to enjoy that cup of coffee. It is an absolute pain to go through the process of actually paying. Right. So we said, let's make that process exactly the same as the one that you try, you used to, so that you can actually get user adoption, customer adoption to increase significantly. Uh, and how are you finding it? I mean, are people taking this up? What's, I mean, you've been around, how long, how long has, has Snapscan been available for? We launched Snapscan around May last year or so. Okay. So it is eight, nine months or so. Right, right. We obviously went through a process of trying to figure out. We had a couple of pivots where we tried to figure out what works, what doesn't work. Okay. And I think right now we're at a point where we've said this actually, this was at, at a point in time in May was good enough for us to go. We've had many other configurations that we've actually made to the product itself. There's many other different payments that we're actually accepting now. So in Cape Town, we've played around with a cup with the hawkers as an example that okay. you can actually have. The guys who, st- who sell magazines on the street, they're walking around with bibs with a QR code. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Oh, nice. So if you want to buy that, I mean, because obviously they're not going to have a point of sale in their pocket. No, exactly. Definitely. Okay. But a piece of paper with a QR code, that's easy to do. And they're already wearing the bibs. So right. the most painful thing that's right. killing their business right now is that they can only accept ca- cash payments. Okay. But the they can also upset... No, that, that, that's that's like it makes it so convenient for the business and user to actually go out there and make a bit of money. Absolutely, and I think those are the payments that we know have traditionally been paid with what, with some of the change that you that's have, yeah, 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 sure, in your ashtray, absolutely, etc. And those are the low value payments that are driving volume. And if we aren't able to find solutions for those, we're never going to see the changes that we want to see in the in the usage of cash in the economy. Sure. Right. So, so, I mean, it is, it is coming. I mean, we, not, we are going to see more and more of this. Um, it's, especially if you just need, as a merchant, a piece of paper, effectively. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess one of the things that uh, we, we're also starting to see in, specifically in payments is that the bulk of the disruption, not only in South Africa, but across the world, is mm-hmm. actually coming from non-banks. Okay. So it is absolutely, absolutely critical and pivotal for us to be able to take a very strong sure. foot forward to actually continue to be in the business. Um, speaking of coffee, because obviously it seems to be hitting a very important point here, we've got a tweet <laughs> that has come through from Dale, Dale Immerman, who says, I pay for coffee with Snapscan at Mischu, M-I-S-C-H-U, Mischu. Uh, if every coffee shop all, um, offered this, I would certainly use it. So Dale seems to be agreeing with me on my coffee routine in the morning. Um, that's quite, that, that's quite cool. Um, so, now that we've got this, now that we've got this facility, um, we have it on our phone. So let's just talk from a merchant's point of view for a second. If I'm a merchant and I have my little coffee shop or I have uh, my, you know, kind of my stand out there on a Sunday at a flea market, am I your customer? Absolutely. Okay. And how does Absolutely. it work? What does it work? What do I need to do? So what we've tried to do is to make this process as simple as possible. We've tried to, one of the biggest challenges, obviously, being a big bank, is how do you actually play yeah. around and act like a hundred, we're over <laughs> 150 years old, right. but you also want the mentality of a startup. Exactly. So that was our biggest challenge. So the traditional route that we would have done previously would be say, no, you have to come to our branches and all those things. We've changed it around. Okay. So simple as a match, and you just go to the website, www.getsnapscan.com, and you're able to fill in your details and your package will be delivered to you, to your doorsteps. Simple as that. It's as simple as that. 
So when it comes to the the actual app, um, can anyone from any bank use the app? Like, and that's that's a beauty. So any any bank, any bank's card is actually accepted. South African issued credit cards, some of the check cards are accepted on the app. In, interestingly enough, uh, out of all the customers, we have in excess of 130-odd consumers who've loaded their cards into the app right now. Only 30% of those are actually Standard Bank. Sure. The nice. rest being the other banks. So this is available to anyone, both from a merchant perspective as well as from a consumer perspective. And when it comes to retailers, uh, are there any popular retailers out there that are, really, that are already using the app? Or integrating it into their stores for consumers to use? Yes, I think as, as we heard from the tweet that came in, we started off with coffee shops. So those have grown tremendously. Yeah, no, some of the restaurants tremendously. What we've also seen is some of the merchants, uh, neighborhood markets and, and the works who weren't able to accept any other payments except cash. That's growing crazy. Yeah, yeah. And really it is absolutely available to anyone. There is, however, going to be merchants who will have a more keen to be able to do, to, to use a Snapscan app, especially the ones who weren't able to accept other payment types. So we've got a question here that's coming from Justin um, on, on WeChat. It says, what happens when the signal is very low? Does the app like Snapscan still register? So, I mean, obviously we have power outages in this country. We have areas that have got dead signals. What happens in those cases? Yeah, so regrettably, <laughs> if you're not having good GPRS edge signal, uh, you know, at best 3G, 4G, as well as Wi-Fi, regrettably, it won't work. Yeah, so if you're in the basement, underground, in a Pentagon-like safe, <laughs> that's probably not going to be your application. But then no application will work for you. Absolutely. What, what we're finding interesting, though, is that a lot of the merchants that we're getting, a lot of the coffee shops, they're starting to open up their own Wi-Fi access, yeah, sure. access points. Yeah. To these, so which, which is really sparing the adoption. Okay. So many of the merchants that we go to, a lot of the coffee shops, a lot of the restaurants, in fact, they incentivizing their retailers to actually download the Snap, the Snapscan app inside their stores. Right. Oh, that's oh, cool. That have, have you ever run around Rosebank looking for a <laughs> Wi-Fi signal? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that, that, on, on that note, we're going to take a quick short break. Go. <laughs> Com. And that was Money by The Curious Incident. Okay, you almost do that way too well. <laughs> a lot of practice, a lot of practice. Sure. Hey. Um, guys, if you need to get a hold of us, 861 189 or on Twitter at CliffCentral.com. Um, alternatively, you can use my personal one. It's at Leron, L-I-R-O-N underscore S-E-G-E-V, um, and send us some questions. We're getting them fast and furious. And a lot of the questions seems to be around security. So well, yeah, if we can just chat about that, obviously um, finance, Loading your credit cards on an application. People are very hesitant. What happens? Um, you know, can people hack my account? Can they steal money? Let's talk around that. Sure. I guess uh, being a bank, uh, this is very, very important to us. And we, we spent a lot of time actually trying to find out the best ways to actually secure consumers' uh, funds. Uh, simplest way of actually doing that is exactly the same way as you we've secured your card is through a PIN. Okay. And none of the information that none of the information that you actually load on your card is actually stored on the phone itself. So that we think that, uh, that that's very, very, very secure. There's obviously a lot of background analytics that go through that we 
don't want to talk about openly, <laughs> but we really try our utmost best to ensure that um, security is of the utmost importance to to, for, to to protect consumers' funds. Okay, so I mean, for those who've never haven't used the application, so what are the steps? So step one, you download the application. You then do what? You marry it up to a credit card. Yeah. So the first step is to get the app onto your phone. So you download the app through your app store, get the phone, get the app onto your phone. The second step is you create your own profile on your card. At a point in time, then it asks you to actually load your card details. Yeah. So it's very, very simple. You can take a picture of your card and it pre-populates all the card number and right. all the details. Mm-hmm. And then you create a PIN. You create a PIN, and this will be the PIN that you, the only person who actually knows. It's not stored start, start on the phone. Once that's done, you're ready to find your next merchant. In fact, the app also comes with a merchant finder, so you can you're able to find the merchants that are closest to you. Or if you go to the the, the website www.getsnapscan.com, you're able to find merchants around you. And that PIN that you were talking about. That not, that's not necessarily has to be the same phone that you use for your ATM, right? And preferably not. And preferably not. Preferably not. So this could be a Should brand be new phone. and 100%. Okay. So then once I've loaded everything on, um, you say the information actually isn't stored on the, on the device itself. I now go to my merchant. I order my cup of coffee. I scan my QR code. Then what happens? After you've scanned your QR code, you obviously you have to key in how much you're paying. So, so you're keying it yourself. You're keying it yourself. Right. This is how much you're paying, and you're keying in the PIN. Okay. Once that's done, the merchant gets paid. Merchant gets an SMS to say a certain amount, whatever that amount is, has, has been deposited into his account. You will also potentially get an SMS notification from your bank depending sure. on the amount and depending on the, on the different banks and how they work. So when it when it comes to users obviously using different bank accounts, fees are it's it's very like focused when it comes to the consumers. Everyone's worried about the fees that they're paying. When you use SnapScan, are there any fees involved? So exactly the same way as when you use your credit card to make a page a purchase item at, at any merchant. You don't get any additional fee over and above the amount that you needed to pay. So if the coffee is 20 rands, 20 rands will go off your account. Okay. Right. The fee is actually paid by the merchant. So there's a commission structure that we've negotiated with all the merchants. But, uh, but I mean, they, will, they will pay that commission structure on a point of sale. Anyway. They do that today yeah, no, in any event. That's exactly the same model that it works. So for you as a consumer, cup of coffee is 20 rands. That's how much goes off your account. Okay, so you're not, you're not being disadvantaged by using the, the application at all? Absolutely not. In fact, I think there's a lot more value from the convenience that you get. Nice. Okay. Um, now, you've been around for quite a while. You know, the, the uptake has been good. Have you got any kind of stats you can share with us? How many transactions have been done? How many merchants yeah. you've got? So I guess when you talk about the numbers, you have to talk about them in context. Yeah, sure. Okay. So when you kind of think about uh, the individual banks and the number of point-of-sale devices they have, you know, it's tens of thousands individually. Mm-hmm. In the eight, nine months Snapscan has been in existence, we've managed to get in excess of 15,000 merchants. Okay, just, just remember, this isn't a physical device. This is something that you download as Absolutely. a merchant. Absolutely. In yeah, fact, right. the merchant just walks around with a piece of paper. It's as yeah, simple I mean, as that's that. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. 15,000, we're truly, truly, truly excited about that. Sure. Uh, is, it, is it right across South Africa? Right across South Africa. There's obviously a couple of hubs that uh, sure. we started off in Cape Town, in the Western Cape. So that has grown significantly in the Stellenbosch area. Um, and we've managed to get in excess of 120,000 consumers. As I said earlier, sure. only 30% of those are actually Standard Bank customers. 
that's so we think that is absolutely phenomenal. We think, though, that the potential of something like SnapScan is much bigger than that. Okay. This should actually be the de facto payment instrument in the country. Well, well it, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you think about it, you go to a restaurant. We were at a restaurant, you know, just having coffee before the show. Yeah. Um, if the bill had a QR code um, on it, instead of whipping out the credit card, I, my phone was already on the table. We were using it to chat and m- message. Why not just be able just to scan it and make your payment? Let's take that even further. Yeah. Like this way, this is going. Why don't you? <laughs> why is there any need to for a QR code? Because we actually know that you're there. Aha, location based. You see. Nice. So those are some of the things that we've play, we're playing with the with the product. Uh, one is the co- whole idea around geolocation. Yes. The second one is uh, already in the app. You don't have to key in a pin. Yeah. You can actually use your touch ID, so you can use your finger biometric to authenticate the transaction. Okay. So those are some of the things that uh, that one, the touch ID authentication is already available on the app. But there's a lot more around geolocation that we're actually playing around with. That's an exciting space to be in. Absolutely, absolutely. So now, apart from South Africa, is the app going to be moving up into Africa? Absolutely. So already we're in discussion with some of the African countries that Standard Bank has operations in, as Zimbabwe, Mozambique, uh, as well as Zambia and Angola. Nice. It's, it's nice to see that the rest of Africa is going to get to be able to get absolutely. their hands on this tech. No, absolutely. I guess uh, we obviously have to be cognizant of the fact that the regulatory environments are different. Exactly. So some of the hoops that you have to jump will be different. But the base platform or the payment platform is exactly the same. Nice. Yeah, but I mean, it, at the end of the day, from a security point of view, a physical security point of view, if you have to go to an ATM and draw out some money and then, you, then you know, you're walking around with wads of cash in your pocket, so that's always has always been a risk. I mean, not just South Africa, because people think this is a South African problem. You it's have not, lots of cash. Not, well, that's what I'm saying. Internationally, <laughs> wherever you draw out cash, you're a target instantly. I mean, people look, watch those ATMs to see who's who's doing what from there. Um, then you know, credit cards obviously more 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 secure. Is already taking it a step further. But now, if you're taking it even yet another step, I'm just saying, look, my mobile phone can do it. But if you steal my mobile phone, you still need my PIN. So Absolutely. my information is still secure. Absolutely. I guess the benefits for, if you kind of think about uh, how you decash society and the, and the benefits of a cashless society, they're absolutely phenomenal. So some of them are broader than just security. So imagine this. If you mm-hmm. actually went working around with cash, the implications from a crime perspective would be very, very different. Sure. Just think about that concept. Absolutely. The socioeconomic benefits of not having cash in the economy are absolutely phenomenal. The, so a product like SnapScan for us is more than just another payment instrument. It is something that actually goes into the, fi- the, the entire fabric of society. Uh, and, and the fact that you're enabling all these merchants who previously you know, don't have access to those facilities and are instantly able to accept money um, from the tourists, from whoever, who happens to be walking around their particular market. We haven't, we haven't even quantified the market potential. No, but you can't. <laughs> exactly the point. Exactly the point. So for you to be able to quantify it, you actually have to look at payments holistically and sure. think about payments both from a cash as well as any other electronic payment instrument that you actually have. Think about the displacement opportunity in that regard. That is the potential. I mean, we've seen it often where you're driving to wherever you happen to be, um, you know, you're on the way to the Kruger and you're passing through a whole bunch of towns and, and you want to stop and you want to buy, but you know, they don't accept credit cards. You're not going to travel around with that amount of money. Um, and this just makes the world of a difference. For Absolutely. Okay, those, those kind of are, are the nice focus. Um, 
just one more. There's a there's a, a an application called MasterPass, yes. which is also seems to be part of us or not a part of Standard Bank. Or not explain to us the difference between MasterPass and SnapScan. So we've we've worked with uh, Mastercard in the launch of MasterPass for a couple of months now, and the whole idea around MasterPass is how do we kind of get into the online shopping experience. Uh-huh. So in the online shopping experience, depending on the site that you go into, you have to actually remember your card and put it in every other time that you actually want to make a purchase. Yeah. So what MasterPass is destined to be actually being doing for us is that for those merchants that we're actually acquiring, you actually don't have to remember your card again. It's actually preloaded. So the experience is that it looks exactly and feels exactly like you at SnapScan in that you have your phone, right. you're scanning a QR code, but the power is that the, the shopping experience is greatly improved. All research that we've seen says that the drop-off is actually when you have to key in yes, your really. details. That's yeah. when yeah. a lot of the consumers actually drop off. That's the opportunity that we've wanted to capture with, with MasterPass. So, so it takes that security, um, there's the whole security element. I mean, if people are still – the part that blows my mind is people are still afraid to shop online, but yet they'll pick up the phone and order something over the phone and give the person <laughs> their card and expiry date and a three-day – I mean, to me, that's worse. You've got no record. You've got no transaction. I mean, you've got nothing. Um, whereas you're shopping online, you've actually got a whole bunch of things to back yourself up with. Exactly. And uh, I think MasterPass extends okay, it. So that takes it even a step further. Absolutely. So I do Absolutely. my shopping. Um, the site looks fine. But the fact that it's got that application ability means it must have passed through some sort of, um, some sort of testing from your side, right? Absolutely. Okay. So there's already that safety element that that brings, that alone brings. Absolutely, because we've been able to tie that it is you, your phone, yes, and all the other details that we have about you. Okay, so you're actually kind of, um, you know, kind of disengaging from purely the keyboard with your keyloggers and all that good stuff, um, disengaging from that and taking it to your mobile phone, almost kind of like the one-time pin exactly the point. on your on yeah. your on your on your normal banking. Exactly the point. So shopping from an internet cafe actually comes yeah. becomes not an issue anymore. So I guess when, when you, when you look at it, uh, we've made a conscious decision over the last, uh, 18 to 24 months to say there's a couple of areas that we want to lead in. And one of those is payments. We want to lead in payments. And in reality, you, you, you kind of think about some of the things that we launched last year. Masterpass, Snapscan, we're playing around with Tap and Go. There's a lot more that we actually have in the kitty off the back of these platforms that we've created. So, Standard Bank acting as a startup. That's is a good way. It's to look very, very it. difficult to kind of consider a 150-year-old sure. organization behaving like a startup. I mean, the, 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 the greatest things that we can think of is that uh, in the last 10, 15 years, some of the innovations that have come into banking are absolutely phenomenal. The most innovative thing you would have done as a banker maybe 10, 15 years ago would be to design a checkbook for left-handed people. <laughs> okay. And, and by the way, as a lefty, we definitely appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to see that Standard Bank's actually taking a, a fantastic approach when it comes to not only those who have the older ways of banking, but the, the youth as well. And the fantastic thing about that is the youth can actually teach those who who aren't very mobile focused on how to use these applications and how to like convenience their lives more. And I guess that's a challenge. So I guess there's there's two challenges. There's that challenge, there's the millennials, but also we have a, a couple of the older people. The second okay. reality in South Africa especially is the fact that um, whilst we're seeing a, a great growth and uptake in smartphones, yeah. not everyone has a smartphone. Sure. So in all the things that we're doing, how do we actually balance these two walls where we still have a lot of people without smartphones, but there's a lot that have these smartphones, and how do we balance those?
Yeah, I mean, no, the, exactly. one, of, one of the biggest challenges is banking the unbanked. I mean, Absolutely, that's always yeah. kind of something everybody stri- is striving. And it's, and it's not an easy solution for this. Um, but I think with the new technology and the way that the kids are coming up in, in the world, um, for them it's going to be a given. There's not, they're, not, they're not fucked with technology anymore. They kind of adopt it as opposed to kind of what we like to affectionately call the grey-haired execs who are saying, look, we don't know this stuff. I have a left-handed checkbook. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stick to that. So it's nice that the new, the, the, the push has been coming from the consumer saying, I want this, I want this, I want this. Yeah. I mean, when you, when I, when we kind of think about some of the successes, also thinking about, um, the unbanked. Yeah. We were, we were one of the first banks to go heavily with our inclusive banking model to bank the unbanked. Absolutely. But more importantly, one that we hardly ever speak about is the success that we had with our e-wallet platform called Instant Money. Okay. We launched it with one of the retailers in South Africa a couple of years ago. We extended its distribution to all our ATMs. We effectively have the biggest distribution money transfer system in the country right now. Sure. And we hardly ever say anything, anything about, about it. Anything about it? Absolutely. Uh, we're we're going to have to get you in again just to discuss just that point alone because that's a whole my personal kind of pet thing that I'm trying to, trying to get people's attention on. Banking the unbank is so critical if we want to evolve as a, as a continent. Never mind as a country, right? Um, but I think we've run out of time, unfortunately. Um, you know, we're talking always cool technology, which is kind of things, time runaways with us. So, Vuya, thank you very much for joining us. That was, uh, Vuya, Head of Innovation and Channel Design at Standard Bank. And that was money by the flying lizards. Uh, okay, I'm actually getting worried. <laughs> Did you do this in your last, past lifetime? <laughs> probably, probably. When when I was a kid, I used to like sit and record myself well, with, that, a with a hairbrush. <laughs> was it was it called disc jockey at the time, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Um, all right. Well, that was quite cool. So, I mean, I think mobile payments, um, being able to leave your house and still know that you can get your basics like coffee. Is quite is quite quite critical. And I think Sandbank's doing awesome stuff, and I'm sure they're going to do bigger and better. So we'll oh, definitely, definitely have these guys back on again and kind of pick their brains a little bit more for the future shows. Um, all right, on changing gears slightly, we have got a product that you want that Daryl wants to discuss. It's called the PlayStation TV. Is it like Playboy TV? No, 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 no. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Okay, Daryl has got nothing to talk about then. <laughs> Alright, what's PlayStation so the Playboy TV? TV. All right. Alright, what's PlayStation TV? No, uh, in brief, it's a micro console that PlayStation's brought out. Um, it's fairly small. Um, what you can essentially do with it is you can stream your PS4 gameplay with it, as well as play PS Vita games and PS1 classic games. So, Let's take the the normal day-to-day situation where you walk into the house, you've had a hard day at work, all you want to do is jam some Call of Duty or some Dragon Age or anything like that. But the wife's watching TV. (gasps) No. And you're like, oh, my God, I I just cannot handle this. I've had such a stressful (laughs) day. So you grab your little PlayStation TV, pull it through to your bedroom, hook it up to your Wi-Fi connection, and connect it up to your PS4. What you can essentially do is you can stream your game into your room without having to move your console around the house or interrupt the kids. Uh-huh. 
So, so does it extend your PlayStation into other rooms? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It uh, basically um, streams your your game to the other TV. Okay, but if it streams, surely there's some lag or something we have to worry about, like pixelation or... No, definitely. Um, obviously, the closer the PlayStation TV is to your router and your system, the better it will work. But if you if you take it too far away right. from the router and the PS4, you do get general lag. It, it's not bad, Okay. but there are ways of eliminating it, like obviously by connecting a, a, uh, a LAN cable. A physical cable. Both, yeah. Okay, so basically this becomes a regular issue where you just want to jam some games and get some aggression out and someone's watching Isidingo. Okay, <laughs> you want to be able to have that facility. Yeah, um, no, definitely. It's actually doable. And how much does it cost? Uh, they retail for around about 1499 Okay, and available? Uh, pretty online much. Or? Pr- you can get them online from online lots retailers. Of, lots of places. Yeah. Like an incredible collection of how far those kind of places will Yeah, happen. definitely. Okay, so that's quite a cool add-up. So if you've got a PlayStation, is it a PlayStation 4 only? Uh, yeah, for the moment, yeah, from what I understand. Okay. Um, the other nice thing about it is it streams um, in 480p, 720p, and 1080i. Okay, in other words, nice, nicer, and nicest. Yeah, okay. fantastic. So, <laughs> so, so going so from pixelated to, okay, clear right. to... Too, too cool. All right, so that's quite a cool little tip there. So it's PlayStation TV. It's a physical little console that just extends the range of your PlayStation and your gaming hours way into the night. Yeah, most definitely. On the downside of it, though, mm-hmm. um, you cannot stream Blu-ray movies or yeah, apps or anything. I figured it would be it would be an issue doing that, right? Yeah, I think that would be a little bit heavy. But it might on be a legality issue as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. So that's a, a, a good little tip. Doesn't sound too expensive, and I suppose if you want to extend your console ability, let's see, instead of buying short of buying another console, yeah, no, that's pretty much I what you what, what you get got to get into. Okay. Very cool. Um, and then I'll just want to end off with an application called the Samba app. Have you heard of this? Uh, Samba app? So briefly. Briefly. Okay. So basically, um, you know how you find these cool little little clips or you're shooting these, these cute little movies of the kids or the dog doing something um, or whatever it is and you're sending out to your friends or family. The things that you don't want your major friends yeah, to that, see. That, that kind of idea. Uh, selfie stick. Uh, and, and, and they reply back with LOL or gosh, that was funny. Okay, it doesn't really kind of give the right, you know, the right reaction. So what Samba app does is that as you're sending the video to someone, it actually records their emotions straight away and sends it back to you. So you get a real true life um, reaction as if you're talking to someone and you can see what their reaction is. So if their reaction is like, oh my God, what are you smoking? You'll get that. <laughs> their reaction is spitting out their cup of coffee all over the screen. You'll get that too. Much better than LOL, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, so that's quite a, that's, that's quite a, a cool app. I'm having a play with that at the moment. Um, and then they're the first guys to actually be able to take that to their smartwatch as well. So that if you're sending a video to someone and they send you back a reaction, you'll just glance at your watch, your smartwatch, and be able to see that reaction quite, you know, whilst you're on the go or wherever, wherever you happen to be. So I think they're doing some really cool stuff. And I think we're going to see a lot more of this talent technology seeing, um, kind of the other person on the other side. So short of doing a video call, this is kind of the next best thing. So no, definitely. Samba app, well worth checking out. All right. Developers are really pushing their, yes. their content and innovation. All right. Cool stuff. So I think that's us. So there wraps up another hour of talking tech with the tech guy. Daryl, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, if someone wants to get a hold of you on Twitter, what's your Twitter handle? It's at Daryl Linnington. 
spell that? So it's D-A-R-R-Y-L. Surname is L-I-N-I-N-G-T-O-N. Fantastic. And you can send you a whole bunch of questions. Um, you can stalk me on Twitter. On Twitter. Um, thank you very much. My name is Liron Segev, known as The Techie Guy. Uh, my blog is thetechieguy.com or Liron, L-I-R-O-N underscore S-E-G-E-V on Twitter. Uh, looking forward to a good week, and we'll see you guys on next Monday for another Talking Tech with The Techie Guy.